Welcome to the Self-Awareness and Self-Compassion Podcast, formerly known as the Full Spectrum Feeling Podcast. I'm your host, Blaise Schwaller, life coach, mom, and former tattoo artist. I help people heal their past, speak their truth, and love the lives that they're living now. Join me here every week for conversations on how to live an imperfect but fully engaged life that embraces all the feels so that you can stretch into your best life while enjoying the you that's here right now. Hey friends, have you ever thought about the tipping point of various activities and instead of looking at at it as like the tipping point being when things are beyond a point of return, usually we think of that as like, oh no, it's terrible, the climate is going to tip past this point of no return. But have you ever thought about it as a tipping point of positive returns? Like you've put so much good effort and love and thoughts and just experiences and value into something that there hits a tipping point where great things start to happen and it snowballs. I've been contemplating this a lot lately because I've found it to be true. No matter what we're doing, we're creating a backlog of experience, right? A backlog of value, no matter what it is that we're doing. So if you're trying to get better at tap dance or get better at speaking a language or get better at building clients or get better at anything. We try and fail and try and fail and we keep coming at it from different directions. And often because we're human, we notice our failures, right? We notice where we came up short and we stress about it and we think about it and we get sad about it and depressed and whatever. But if we're, if we're good, I guess we just keep going. If we're really into it and we care about it enough, we keep coming at it and improving. But something that we don't often think about is that all of those efforts have added up and they have added value to other people's lives. They've added value to your life and they've created a difference. I would almost say like in the frequency of your life, the difference in the frequency that opportunities can show up for you, the difference in how people look at you and receive you because of the efforts that you've made. So if you keep reaching out to people and doing acts of kindness, it may feel like you're not having much of an impact, but all of those acts of kindness are rippling out and changing people's lives. And there comes a tipping point where goodwill has built up around you because of the goodwill that you've put out and it starts paying dividends back to yourself. And I think sometimes in personal endeavors, like when we have personal goals and things that we're striving for, maybe that aren't necessarily related to other people, it's easy for us to stop short of that point of tipping, right? Where it starts to return and return tenfold and just keep building because we get discouraged and we're not seeing it yet. And we don't believe that it's coming. And yet if we just keep at something and we look at it objectively, like we have to be able to get out of our own heads and out of our own minds enough to look at that bigger picture and notice that actually the whole playing field has changed because of the ways that we have behaved, the ways that people are perceiving us, receiving us, responding to us and reaching out to us have altered and they're forever altered because of the things that we've done. So it's important for us, I think, to really consider what we're creating, how we're interacting with other people. What is it that we're putting out in the world with the expectation that that's the level of player that we are? Like that's who we are. Is someone playing at this high level, being our best self, doing the best that we can with everything 
in the expectation that it's enough and that it's changing how everything is happening going forward and expecting that we're going to start to get that feedback. It's pretty exciting. So I've been on this journey of learning Japanese for about a year and a half now. And I feel in the moment, whenever I'm in a little Japanese lesson on my Duolingo, like I really suck at Japanese and I don't know anything. <laughs> and someone would ask me a question and be like, will you say something in Japanese? And I can't think of anything. Like my mind goes blank. And I'm like, oh God. And yet within those lessons, if I actually swoop back and do larger picture a year ago, easily I knew like 200, 500, 1000 words less than I know now. I might not know them well, but I certainly recognize a lot more. And then something really cool happened in the last couple of months is I, I guess I've logged in enough and I've reached a high enough level that they said, hey, we're going to take off the English translations for you. So you're not going to have the English giving you the sounds anymore. You're just going to see the Japanese characters for these sounds. And you're going to have to read them that way and hear it that way. Like you, you have to hear the sound and like, look at that and not have the cheat sheet, right. Of the English interpretation. And for the first week or so, I was like, Oh my goodness, this is so hard. It was so hard. And then it wasn't. And it surprised me because there was a tipping point, just like I've been talking about where after a couple of weeks of that, I realized I'm not slowing down. I'm actually doing just fine. It was like having training wheels and they took them off and it was bumpy for a few weeks and now I'm doing okay. I'm not great. I still need to look things up. I still have to like ask for help or listen to it a few times. So it didn't change the fact that I'm still learning Japanese. I'm not proficient in any way, but I know more and I won't unknow it. And that's pretty freaking cool. So something else that I do, particularly with learning Japanese is recognizing that if I want to retain it and learn more, I have to hear it more often and I have to listen to things for fun and see what I know now that I didn't know last year. So I've been watching Terrace House on Netflix that one of my clients recommended for me earlier in the year. And I'm so grateful for that. Thanks, Cheyenne. <laughs> um, it fascinates me that I'm actually able to pick up certain phrases, words, like I understand more than I think I know. And I'm able to like, look away, look away from the subtitles sometimes and still somewhat follow the gist of a conversation. I'm missing a lot of vocabulary. I don't have that, but I do know basic grammar now. And I know a lot of the common words and it makes it so that when they're talking about food, when they're talking amongst each other, I don't know all the words for feelings on Terrace House. They're talking about their feelings, right? They're trying to make a romantic connection. So I don't have that yet, but I am starting to pick it up and I'm picking up what people actually use in real life on a reality TV show, like all of that stuff. And it's useful. And I couldn't have done that a year ago. And it's through continuing to show up, continuing to put that effort in, even if it's just a small, tiny effort every day, because legit, I think I put in five minutes a day on most days, if that into learning Japanese, but I am relentless. I do it every day. And I make sure that before bed, like, I'm like, I don't want to lose my streak. I've got to do it. So I've actually started to move it to the morning so that I feel like I've gotten all of my have tos out of the day. So I've chosen for myself, like I have to do a walk. I have to do my power breathe. I have to do my Qigong. I have to take a shower, you know, like all the things that I have to do is eat a good breakfast. And one of them in there is do one lesson in Japanese. 
And I try to do it earlier now rather than later so that I'm never going, oh no, did I forget? And I'm not stressed out about it. So then if I go to it later, it's like bonus Japanese. But it is very cool how very small actions, it doesn't take a lot to build up over time and create that moment where you realize like, whoa, I actually have a handle on something way more than I did a week ago, two months ago, six months ago, a year ago, five years ago. Five years ago, I knew no Japanese, nothing. So this is pretty neat. And I'm hoping my goal right now, I'm trying to be reasonable with myself, but also I'd like to push a little harder than what I've set is that by three years from now, I want to be fluent enough that I can watch Naruto, no subtitles, just watch the freaking thing and read the manga. And I have the first manga and I am, I'm not okay. I cannot do it. It is beyond me, but it won't be forever. And I know that it's inevitable that I'm going to be able to do it. Um, my husband got me a really cool gift for my birthday where he got me Kiki's delivery service, the English book, and then the Japanese book so that I can kind of compare them side by side so that I can just have that experience of actually reading the story, knowing where it's going, and then see if I can read the sentences and understand it in the other language. I've done that before in French as well. And it really helps. So it's neat. It's, it's a fun mental gymnastics for myself. I like doing stuff like that. And yeah, that's, that's how I'm expanding myself this year. But I'm thinking about other tipping points as well. Like at what point did I become someone who goes for a walk every day? At what point will I be someone who hasn't missed a day of Qigong in a year? I've had various points in my life where I've gone a couple of years with doing it basically every day. And I definitely have fallen off my, my little wagon lately and I've been doing other things, but I also have that faith in myself that I, I have passed the tipping point of never getting back to it. I know that there's no future in which I will not do Qigong again. I know I'm always going to return to it. So that tipping point has already happened. And I think if you look at your life, you'll find that there are things like that too, where you might have judgment for yourself for having stopped doing a habit or not doing it perfectly. But you can recognize that there's no way that in the future you don't do it. So you might not be perfect at it, but you've already changed. You're already a person who's going to keep returning to it. And there is at some point going to be another tipping point where you realize, oh my gosh, I can't imagine not doing this anymore. It's part of who I am. I'm looking for that point with a few things in my life, but I know that I'm on my way and I'm sure that you are as well. So, so cool. I'm very excited about that. I think that knowing that moments like that are coming really helps Oh, it helps you just return to keep that momentum going. It lets you feel soothed when you're stressed out about how things are going. It certainly does for me to recognize that I don't have to be perfect and I don't have to do anything like with the commitment of an Olympian. I'm not an Olympian. I don't commit to things with that level most of the time, but there are some things that I do commit to in my own way. And I've talked about many times I describe myself as slow, but relentless. I always have a very tenacious pace in my life of how I'm going to acquire new skills or continue to fold new things in. And I try to do it at a slower, but very steady pace that I can keep up kind of forever. I like to be more of an endurance athlete in that way. I'm like, if I could do this every day, it's something that I probably will do. Even if I miss a few days, I know I can come back to it. If it's something that takes a sincere amount of effort, that's hard for me to do every day. I know that I tend to fail on those, like um, trying to get workout routines that are 
15, 20 minutes long high intensity workouts. It doesn't seem to be my speed. I've tried it. I actually have in my head this fantasy that I'm going to try again and get back into my weights this year. And I might, I'm not going to write it off, but I know that I'm going to have more success with some things that are more my speed, such as continuing with the walking, but walking maybe at a faster pace. That might be where I push it this year. Um, I talked about power breathe a little earlier. It's this cool device that my husband found that had research done on it. So I guess he was reading the research paper about how it was being tested to see how much lung tissue it regenerates after someone's had a respiratory illness and they were trying to figure out what is the rate of improvement, how much improvement, and they were measuring a lot of biometrics. And what they found was that after, I think it was six or eight weeks, don't, you can't really quote me because I don't have the thing in front of me, but it, it wasn't a hugely long amount of time. So maybe a couple of months, people had regenerated like 40% more lung tissue. And I went, holy crap, as someone who's been asthmatic my whole life, I want that in my life. So one of my goals this year is to become a better breather. So I have this little device. But other things that they found was that through increasing your lung capacity and increasing your, I guess, muscle fitness of your diaphragm, (laughs) you're able to lower your blood pressure, lower like your blood sugar, like all of the things that they tested actually improved. And I think part of it was just that you're getting better oxygenated blood. So your focus is better. Your sleep is better. Your heart rate variability is better. And I definitely have noticed that as well, because I do track all those things. So I'm like, damn, that's so awesome. So for me, I know that I can do 30 breaths in the morning and 30 breaths at night, and I might not like it, but I certainly can do it. And I have seen a difference so I can keep doing it. I actually, for me, I need to be able to track and notice changes or it's harder for me to continue to return to it and say yes. So I always um, ask myself, where am I starting? And then check in with myself a week and four weeks and six weeks later to just see what kind of progress I'm making and when do I surprise myself? So there was a tipping point also with the power breathe about two weeks in recognizing that I had been, um, I quickly had ramped up to two and then I just got stuck there for a while. And then I thought I'd be there for a really long time. So I had a whole, like for me, I'm like, good God, a whole week on the same level. And then one day I ran up the stairs and went to do it. And I was like, I could probably breathe on this for like 60, 70 breaths. So I cranked it up and I didn't just crank up half. I got almost to three and went, Oh shoot. Like here I am. This is where it's hard again. Wonderful. So I'm seeing progress rapidly Also on that note, cool thing, noticing on my walks, my heart rate is so much lower and I can walk twice as fast now compared to what I was with a lower heart rate. And I think that has a lot to do with the power breathe, but I also kind of did it at the same time as cutting the sugar. So it could just be like a synthesis of dropping sugar and breathing better, but these things are really cool. So I love noticing those moments where something I'm doing has built up enough that I just jump off of the plateau so freaking cool. Very exciting. Friends, I wish for you to notice all of the good tipping points in your life where you've built up goodwill, where you've built up experience, where things are actually going really great. And they're always going to be better. Like your worst day today will be better than your best day last year. And I think about that a lot. Like what if my worst day this year is better than the best day I had last year? What if it just keeps going up like that? How cool would that be? I love that thought. So may all of your days be better than your last. And uh, may you notice all of your progress. Sending you all a big hug and looking forward to catching up with you next week. 
Thanks so much for joining me. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share it with someone you love and leave us a review. You can learn more and get some self-compassion tips and tricks by visiting coachwithblaze.com where you can sign up to get my free booklet on overcoming anxiety, overwhelm, exhaustion, and burnout. I'm sending you so much appreciation and love, and I'll see you next time.